I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. I'm Am Kosky. I'm Dustin Kosky. And we love to watch. We love to watch women exercise their demons. Do you guys get it? Uh, I think <laughs> I'm working through it. Dan. Oh, Yo, okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> oh, yeah. we get get it. Out the all right, because uh, my sense of humor is complicated. <laughs> Peter, did you send the charts that we were going to send them? So they could see? <laughs> this one was off the charts, so oh uh, I just didn't have anything. I, I didn't. I had nothing to help them. Welcome to Dad Jokes the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we got we have Adam and Dustin Koski back joining us for the last week of motherfucking Ninja Month, where we're going to be talking about Ninja Three: The Domination. I kept calling it Domination, but it is the Domination. So, welcome back, uh, Adam and Dustin. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It is always a blast. Um, I think our last episode was three hours, but we do have a lot to talk about today. So we're going to get right into it. Um, I, Dustin uh, and Adam brought a game for us. We'll be getting to that. Dustin has some words to say to one of us. Probably definitely me. Um, <laughs> one, one thing I've noticed about before we before we move on, I realize why Peter and I are such good co-hosts is because I'm the oldest sibling. He's the youngest sibling. And that brings a good energy of like me doing that thing that older brothers do where I am a dick to people but think they're okay with it but then they're not really but i'm like i don't care i'm the oldest no one can touch me and then peter being the youngest just wants everyone to be happy that they're any place with him (laughs) (laughs) and wants everyone to be at peace so i feel like those two those two levers work really well in tandem but so we'll get to the confrontation the prepared uh confrontation later uh first uh, even though you've probably heard them before, we want to do our uh, three things about yourself, uh, this time with a little twist. Uh, this time, Adam, we'd like you to tell us three things about Dustin, and Dustin, <laughs> we'd like you to tell us three things about Adam. Do you want to go first, Dustin? Or? All right. The first thing Ad- about- Adam, Adam's being very strategic. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saying, you go first, and that is going to decide what I say about you. <laughs> All right, the first of the three things about Adam. Uh, Lately, we've started working for a podcast called Simply Scary, and we've just passed our 500,000th listen. It's a horror fiction podcast where uh, we lay in audio effects and music and um, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's Um, sort of a a passion that you guys have in common, right, Is, is a lot of online horror fiction. I've seen a few... Seen, I've read a few of your guys' war- works and listened to them before. And they're big into sound effects. They're, they're big yeah. into sound effects. They, they brought a soundboard yeah, like, with us. <laughs> yeah, like yelling motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most classic of effects. I remember when uh, NBC came on the air the first time in 1919, and the first word that was ever uttered was, was motherfucker, right off the soundboard. <laughs> motherfuck, motherfuck, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Well, congratulations. That is awesome. Uh, we hit 90 recently. 
Um, fact number two about Adam is that uh, he wa- he's an Eagle Scout. <laughs> you don't have to laugh when saying it. <laughs> I just thought he was like struggling to like come up with anything about you, uh, anything else. It was just, it was just funny. <laughs> did, so, Dustin, you weren't in Scouts. How far did you get up? Oh, I got to Eagle Scout too, but oh. I didn't want to use that up for him. Air it. I just thought Dustin was jealous because uh, Adam no, got to well, Scouts, no. and, and Dustin was was ousted for some reason. I was still a tenderfoot. <laughs> I made the, no. I made the mistake of going all the way. Yeah, I, I quit at Star, or also known as as soon as my parents would let me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam's turd. No, you, you got actually. <laughs> we'll revisit this whether you have another one to go later. Okay. Uh, see, fact about Dustin is uh, he's worked different odd jobs. Once he was a model for the university, so that oh, was like on their pamphlets. Uh, no, no, for. Uh, Just for their art classes, I thought, oh, this is going to be relatively easy to do for $15 an hour. And then it wasn't. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Everything everything that seems like it's going to be easy to do for $15 an hour is never easy to do for $15 an hour. At some point, every limit has fallen asleep and, like, gone (laughs) purple from lack of blood flow. And I just, like, poked it once and it stayed, like... I left a finger indentation and discoloration for like five minutes. What what posi- <laughs> what position was this? What, what did you have to stay in for the modeling? Uh, flying Lotus. Okay. And re- and reverse cowgirl. <laughs> and- reverse cowgirl. <laughs> might not All be the university positions. actually. Now that yeah. we think about yeah. it. Did a, pro- did a professor just ask you to model nude? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that episode of Nathan for you. Like, were you in pornography? <laughs> <laughs> just so you know if a professor asks you to do something it doesn't mean he's representing the college <laughs> for what it's worth um, i've still got a drawing up there well so a drawing somebody did of me is still over there fact number two is let's see um this one's kind of more of a quirk of his and, and somewhat one that i share is that waffen see something advertised, despise it, or watch a little bit of it and then despise it. Even, like, really popular things, and then discover them years or decades later and kind of <laughs> fall in love with them. Like Decades the- later? Like, he's, like, he's coming into your room now and being like, you know, that Muppet Baby show. Great. <laughs> uh, to be honest, kind of, because uh, when we first saw commercials for The Simpsons, we absolutely hated it and thought it must have been an unwatchable piece of dreck. <laughs> People aren't yellow. <laughs> Is this about a, a, a jaundice academy? <laughs> Although I think we can blame that in part on uh, Fox's advertising. Yeah, I think you got one more, Adam. Well, I, I was wondering if Dustin wanted to claim one more, but um, you don't. I, I'll go okay, ahead. and uh, third thing about Dustin... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing. Uh, okay, fine. I'll go ahead. Uh, he almost alluded to it, but he uh, volunteered, or maybe, I don't think he brought this up in a different one. He volunteered at the public library for a few years and then moved into becoming a, a page and then a aide before leaving. 
He worked, so he worked his way up the chain at that public library. <laughs> For, that, from unpaid to paid. <laughs> <laughs> that is admirable. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Adam, for sharing his resume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is that I, uh, when I just hung out at the library for about six years watching pornography, they never hired me to do shit. <laughs> Except clean up. <laughs> they invited me to clean up after yeah, myself. They made me. They called my parents and everything. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, guys, for uh, playing or introducing yourselves or the other person to to the other person. I don't know where that's going. That sentence is a mess. Uh, I can tell you this. Honey, if Honey, start from the top. What were you trying to say? I, I can say this. If uh, my brother and I, any of them, uh, were, were asked to do this, it would have got way more personal and meaner quicker. <laughs> so... Um, so I, I, I you guys on some self-control. So speaking of which, uh, Dustin, before we play our game, I believe you have some things you'd like to talk about. Well, it's just that, uh, remember in Fantastic Planet when we were talking about skipping segments of the show? Yes. Adam had a, a cracked article that he was going to use to plug the Fantastic Planet episode. And recalling what you had said... I sent him a link for the show that was time stamped so that it started halfway into this, like halfway into the show, <laughs> right when we started actually talking about Fantastic Planet. <laughs> and so like, if anybody wants to hear hear this shit, they're gonna want to hear it halfway through. <laughs> gonna want to get actually into the movie discussion. <laughs> Yeah, we try and, to alienate people as quick as possible. Uh, no, I'd say that this was the opposite of it, because enough people listened through to our book plug at the end that we <laughs> sold uh, four more copies than usual that day. <laughs> so because we've made uh, four sales worth of money, we are winning this podcast yeah, because we've made we've made zero sales worth of money, <laughs> and and all of our ads have been um like the secret based ads where when we say stamps dot com, we hope they listen and give us money because yeah. that's how we understand how sponsors pick their people. Well, they're you already talking about our product. They should have you should have gone with Audible. Yeah, it's, 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 you can just talk about Audible, and then they're like, "Did we? Did we give them a contract? No, just send oh, them a let's, whatever. Just to be nice." Yeah, <laughs> all of our previous episodes are now on Howl FM, the app. It's kind of <laughs> uh, rude of you to say that uh, we've had no sales, considering uh, I've been standing in, uh, on the L platform at four in the morning and uh, making people buy my cassettes of the, our uh, episodes. <laughs> Can Gunpoint. one of our episodes fit on a cassette? Uh, it's uh, we skipped the intro. Just oh. like <laughs> the thing, the thing about skipping the intro still counts as listens for us. <laughs> I don't want to bore. I don't want to bore the police who collected as evidence. Yeah, we just wanted people to be able to, you know, get to the end. So we cheated. <laughs> it's a fair it's point. A also, the thing about this story, though, you understand. Is if you do it again, no one will hear this story either. <laughs> <laughs> You've created a slippery slope here. Dustin. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... All right, I expected the confrontation to be much worse. Um, more about our uh, text message conversations that go nowhere. Um... Oh yeah, that you said that my name is so, too much like Fiston. <laughs> which, I think is, which I think is more on you. 
<laughs> well, because I mistyped it. Because if you're one off on the digits on your phone for two of the letters, uh, there's an F right by the D, and there's the I right by the U. So I typed in Fiston, and then thought mm-hmm. that would be information that you'd want to know, Dustin. But apparently, oh, did you? Not. Oh, did you? A rod. <laughs> It'd be strange if we did it the other way around, though. Like, if you're trying to type in fisting. Hey, do you yeah. want to do some f- dust? <laughs> I meant fisting. I meant fisting. You just sound like a narcissist in some of your erotica, Dustin. <laughs> Tonight's a good I night really, for Dustin. Really sh- <laughs> Every night's a good night for Dustin. A Chuck Tingle story. <laughs> <laughs> Pound, Even erotica really needs proofreaders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great spelling joke, everyone. Uh, <laughs> oh man, so, those, those autocorrect jokes—they're—they're they're a real crack up. People love them. I don't know. Speaking of autocorrect, I—I I, I assume that someone has fucked with my phone. But if I type in F and then N, it autocorrects it to fuck nugget. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know if that's an iPhone thing or someone has was, joked with my phone or it was, it was Steve Jobs' dying wish. Probably. Or I've typed in fuck nugget so much <laughs> that when I type in F and N, my phone's like, I got this. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can we define a fuck nugget? Like, I don't, we don't know what it means. So speaking we don't of fuck know what it means. I don't know, you get it from Dustin. Like, <laughs> like if if somebody calls you a fuck nugget on the street you don't pull out an encyclopedia britannica but what does it really mean i have no idea i don't even remember saying it it is is it like a a, a nugget is like a a singular unit like a, a pack of nugs a sing uh, a singular uh, unit of nugs <laughs> and you 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 compile them into a nugget yeah uh, it's a female sort of nug like a female nug <laughs> So speaking so, of fuck nuggets, how about that inauguration? And <laughs> <laughs> it derails. in Congress. Such clowns. <laughs> uh, let's, let's take this to a lighter note, though, because uh, I'm yep. sure we will have four years on this podcast to to give you political updates. We'll call it the How Sad Am I Today segment <laughs> going forward. That's, that's, that's named that. But Dustin Adam once again have brought a game for us. Uh, we don't know anything about it. Dustin Adam, why don't you take it away? All right. We call this game What's in Christie's Place? It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Who's Christie? I have not seen it. <laughs> All right. Start playing the movie. Okay. I haven't gotten there bit. yet, guys. Uh, we've been recording for 40 minutes. I'm still on the golf course fight. <laughs> Christie, the protagonist of... Uh... Ninja 3, the domination, is, if anything, a slightly overdeveloped character in that she works multiple jobs, has a whole bunch of clashing interests, and the worst boyfriend I've seen in a movie like this. <laughs> oh, so definitely. What, uh, is the following thing something she actually has in her house, or, uh, apartment, or not? All right, ready? Well, who's going first, Dustin? A- a- Aaron? Sure. Are you ready to play Is This in Christie's House? Yeah, you you know how much I like Is It Real type games. (laughs) All right. Does Christie in the movie have exercise balls cut into pillows? Yes. I'm sorry, the correct answer is no. 
Oh, well, that was that makes sense. You can just say that's incorrect. <laughs> okay, Peter, Peter. Hit me. D- Adam has to operate the <laughs> questions, unfortunately, so. Wait, let's pause. I want to walk walk me through the technology that you're using to display these questions. Adam has are you using microfiche. <laughs> Adam is scrolling through a Google Doc with his laptop, which oh. is not responsive particularly well right now. But we'll, we'll get through this because that's Google Docs for you. Ooh, okay. one of our sponsors, Slam. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're positive or negative, just that you mentioned them. Yeah, <laughs> Google Docs for that's, all your docs. That's what that's what we learned last year. Anyway, <laughs> Peter, does Christy have green lockers in her home? No. Incorrect. She does. <laughs> the correct I, answer second, was yes. For a second, I, after, if Aaron hadn't gone first, I would have thought that the answer to all these was yes. I, there I'm, could be literally anything in that home. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to randomize yes or no's as best I could. Okay, Aaron, does Christy have barbells made into a bed frame in her home? It feels like something Christy would have. Um. Let's say yes. Correct. She <laughs> such a such a Christie move. Yeah. Did you guys watch this a frame per second? <laughs> Did you guys every frame a painting this movie? We went to the homepage and we saw the three D <laughs> graphic that somebody made of her house. Is that true? Yeah. No. no. Oh, damn it. I'm like, I just got a VR, guys, a PSVR. I could be in that world. <laughs> Making calls on the payphone. Peter, does she have jib towels used as window curtains? Just window curtains. I'm going to say no. No, that's correct. She does not. <laughs> what, okay. are, what are other kinds of curtains... That oh, you felt you... the need to specify window. Shower curtains? Damn it. Hoisted by my own. <laughs> point for Dustin. Okay, yeah, one point for Dustin. Actually, Dustin gets my point. I'm down to it. <laughs> Peter, um, to tie. We, we have I have zero these. points. I think Dustin, I think Peter has one. <laughs> Dustin, you're tied with Peter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter, for the win. Does my other questions. <laughs> We have more questions to ask. I think this will be enough. <laughs> <laughs> I worked hard making up big stupid things to be in Christie's room. <laughs> yeah, let's do all let's do all the questions. Yeah, we'll we'll okay. do rapid fire. Okay. Whose turn is it? Peter's. Mine. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's Peter. up one zero S- to one. Small small ring weights used as coasters. Uh uh, uh false. Correct. Um Aaron. A mannequin used as a hat slash coat rack. Uh, true. False. Uh, Peter, a stuffed bald eagle. Uh, uh, false. (laughs) Correct. Aaron, a Pepsi machine relabeled to give out V8 drinks. Uh, yes. No. There's definitely V8. (laughs) We don't know where she gets it from. It's a mystery. But, yep. (laughs) All right, Peter. I told you I didn't watch this movie. Peter, does she have her both a regular phone and a payphone in her place? She does. 
Correct. Aaron, does she have hot pink neon lighting? No. <laughs> Incorrect, she does. Damn it. <laughs> I knew the payphone one. And the, and t- t- the winner of today's contest is Peter. That was embarrassing. I feel like I am not good at rapid fire stuff. You know, you never... You never know how good you're going to be at a lightning round until you get in the middle of one. Embarrassing for you specifically or all of us? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of us to some level, but it definitely leans heavily on me. Yeah, her, her apartment is like a Mardi Gras parade through yeah. a neon bukkake. Like, <laughs> I think we found our YouTube clip. there's nothing there's nothing in the movie that like meshes together stylistically at all yeah she has like a wall made of cinder blocks if i remember right and another one made of glass and (laughs) yeah 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 it's like the video the industrial part of town but also mixed with leftover saved by the bell sets It really is the movie in miniature. You know what it is? It's the club in A Night at the Roxbury they go to at the end where the street's on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now, should we move on to the movie? Yes. Yeah, let's start talking talk about, about Ninja, Ninja, Ninja 3. The Domination. The Domination. Maybe take a look at me. There's something that I forgot to know. Are you gonna take a chance with me? Or just a game of stop and go? Yeah, you're gonna let me in? Or is it gonna be a lonely night? Yeah, we get near the end, but just starting out right. Baby, take a look at me. Is it really that bad a face? Maybe you got someone else But maybe I could take his place Yeah, I could give it my best shot <laughs> I'm not good at I like your pajamas That was quite a show you put on in your car oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get so angry That's okay you're very sexy when you get angry. So five second recap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you guys want to take this? Okay. This has become five- a, a convenience thing that we both hate doing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Five second recap. Ninja possesses a woman, then doesn't. All right. And 90 second recap. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to do Aaron's method here. I mean, just playing fast forward. There's a uh, black ninja who goes and wreaks havoc on a bunch of people on the golf course. He's eventually taken down by a concerted police effort and very heavy hail of bullets. He then goes and meets a female telephone lineman and has her hold the sword so that he may transfer his soul into her somehow. She speaks to the police and then at the police station meets her alleged love interest. We then learn that she's also a aerobic instructor. She breaks up a attempted rape and then beats up the would-be rapist before getting with her 
love interests and over a nice cool drink. And then she begins getting possessed in her possession, takes vengeance upon the police that shot the ninja. After continuing to do so and things getting, the, her boyfriend starting to get suspicious, she goes to get help from first Western and then Eastern sources. There's also a good eye patch ninja that has come to stop her and... Let's see, she learns that her boyfriend is one of the police that killed him. That killed the black ninja for the beginning. Possessing ninja. They go to a temple to have a showdown where the eyepatch ninja confronts her and gets her, the possessing ninja, to go back into his original body. They fight a bunch of students, and then finally there's a big confrontation between the Eyepatch Ninja and the Black Ninja, and the Black Ninja is eventually defeated. By everybody working together. Because only a ninja can stop a ninja. I don't think that was 90 seconds. I don't think think everyone's working together at the end. Um, Well, yeah, Billy never does anything the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah. Billy the love interest. He's just awful and somehow still gets laid. So we'll we'll do this really quick, our history with this movie. I'd never seen this. Uh, before I had actually been saving it for this podcast, it, it's definitely one of the ones on that Canon uh, documentary that when you see the documentary, there's probably five that I came away with as I need to watch this immediately uh, based on the clips that they showed. Uh, Life Force was definitely one of those and uh, Ninja 3, the domination was as well. It definitely lives up to its batshit Canon uh, insanity. This is this is like quintessential uh, canon movie for me and yeah i really i really really enjoyed it but holy cow it is just a nuts movie that we're gonna have a lot to talk about if we get to half of the notes that i have i would be shocked yeah this movie is uh one that i, I brought forth uh to the podcast because it is a a canon movie which is sort of like uh one of our, our big uh our big targets in the show uh because the movies are just so fun to watch and this movie is exactly why the movies are fun to watch very often their um genre clashes that don't quite gel together but like when it switches the the tones when there's these tone shifts they're like amazingly jarring like funny jarring uh and you're like oh i guess we're gonna follow a guess we're gonna follow a woman who's uh, uh repairs telephone lines now um i guess we're in an aerobics class now and uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I've i loved this movie for quite a bit, and I'm glad that we could bring it here. I think I might have, I don't think I saw the whole thing, but I think I've seen different clips of it uh, cut apart on YouTube before. Just I eventually saw Electric Boogaloo documentary, and then when we, not to steal everything from Dustin here, but when we saw that, we agreed that we would have to go and find pretty much anything that we could from the canon that they had talked about on the documentary it was unfortunately time for us that they had just released a lot of the stuff onto youtube from canon yeah paramount re- put put it on their site, uh, youtube channel so that kind of took a fair amount a couple weeks of entertainment there and then <laughs> really glad to see it i'm, I'm kind of disappointed it, that it's had kind of a fairly negative reaction from a lot of people because to me it's a 
pretty fun and enjoyable movie. Yeah, this is the most entertaining movie for me from 1984. Yes, I'm putting this above Ghostbusters and the Terminator. It's not a better, <laughs> it's not a better movie, but it's a movie that entertained me more. I think that's a fair delineation. I, you know, I, yeah, we 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 kind of like when we did our best, we called it the best movies of 2015. But if you listen to that episode, it's clearly our favorite. I don't think we get into too much. Of, like, these are the best. Unless you're an asshole on the internet, and there are a lot of those, I think it's really tough to argue with, this is my favorite movie, or this is the most entertaining movie of X. Uh, because, yeah. you know, yeah, good for you. That's great that you you enjoyed that movie. Yeah, we read these lists for our for our sake. Yeah. Like, we make these lists for our sake. We're not making them for anybody else's. Thank God for Mark Hartley and making Electric Boogaloo and Not Quite Hollywood and... All those great, um, here's a collection of clips from B-movies. Now you don't need to bother watching these B-movies anymore. <laughs> it gets you excited about the concept of cinema. Like, it gets you, like, it's like a, a re maybe like ginger if you're eating, like, sushi. Like, it, like, helps, like, rejigger your senses almost. Like, like, like seeing uh, Hearts of, I watch, try and watch Hearts of Darkness every year or two. Because it helps me sort of, like, put movies into perspective again. Like, how, how they're not just, like, this thing that someone pointed a camera at. They're, they're this, like, expression, and, like, it's stuff that's accidental is in there, and stuff that's purposeful in there, and it forms this, like, piece. And uh, it can often be really beautiful of shit that, like, they didn't necessarily, the creator didn't necessarily want to be in there. I, do, I mean, I do the same thing. I do it with um, the 10-minute featurette completing the trilogy on the Austin Powers Goldmember DVD, but it's the same... <laughs> it's the same idea. It's the same thing. You learn that Mike Myers is in the movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that Mike Myers can be more than one person. No, he just played He just played Austin Powers. I, I, you gotta watch this documentary. <laughs> I, I, are you watching the documentary right now? Aaron? Yeah, back, background mute. Like, I see at least... 23 characters he plays he plays beyonce uh, <laughs> fred savage yeah it's super uh regressive um yeah he's everyone in that movie all the favorites from gold member <laughs> speaking speaking of characters i wish weren't in movies if billy weren't if the love interest billy weren't in this movie this would uh probably be one of my favorite movies from the 80s because it could maybe claim to be one of the most feminist or at least passably feminist for its genre true well, that's a pretty big about jump the roommate and her fighting off the demon why why do they need to bring in like some fucking cop like the cops should be what cops are always in this movie useless and ineffectual well they are they are that <laughs> they're that but they have too much in the plot to be that but it's not so much they're useless and ineffectual as they're victims in this movie this movie is like, I don't want to be too flip, but it's like the killing fields for police officers. <laughs> if Yeah, because if she doesn't meet the police officer, she doesn't keep going back to that fucking police station, which, I'm sorry, she needed to figure that out a little sooner. <laughs> that she just needs to stay away from there, because every time she goes there, she kills everyone she sees. Billy's the true villain of the story. Yeah, Billy is the worst. Even their beginning uh, to their relationship is 
He's blatantly stalking her. He's blatantly like, stalking her. And in these movies, we like to joke about how quickly people fall in love so that they can be a couple and then they can move the plot along. He just insults her, berates her, and is like, uh, you're going to keep insulting me and cops? I don't want to know you anymore. It's like, first of all, you're the one that accosted her into going into your car. And now you're screaming at her about, like, I don't want to know you anymore. You guys just talked five minutes ago. And then she's like, sorry, I made you angry. Why don't you come back for sex? <laughs> and that conversation takes place right after an attempted gang rape on her. And he tells her, hey, you know, I could charge with assault for what you did to those guys. Yeah, which 30 people are watching. And everyone's just like, let's, let's see this play out. And those guys, if they can't stop the rapist from coming to the gym, they need to move the aerobics class because... <laughs> Clearly, having it in in the area of the weightlifters is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> because they are staring at those people and lifting weights like they're fucking from the Road Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really gross yeah, they're getting, and weird. they're getting their rape humors up, and then they just fucking, like, go after her. And yeah, and everyone's, like, watching. And since it's a canon movie, of course, like, there's an attempted rape because, uh... Golden and yeah, but- have no other way for men and women to talk. They're either romantically involved or they're violently involved. Yeah, yeah but it's just, it's nice that in this one she hits them with a metal bar instead of yeah, how it usually sure. goes in the canon world. And they I don't can- rip shirts open. <laughs> yeah. Was this made by canon? It's pretty good. <laughs> I wonder how that fight would have gone, or altercation would have gone down if she hadn't been... Uh, ninja possessed? Would she? I don't think it mattered. It's not like they. If if it were relevant, there would have been like a close up on her face. Oh, something. And then they would have superimposed the ninja over it. Okay. I think it's just supposed to be that she's a badass, and that's why it's believable that the ninja possessing her body can go kill all the cops that he wants. Yeah, I mean, she's got two jobs. <laughs> Although she doesn't kill them in particularly badass ways for the most part. Uh, no. But yeah, she she is a really good protagonist with terrible taste in... Terrible taste in Billy. I'm not even going to call terrible him Terrible taste in Billy's. We have, we've, had a lot of, we've had a lot of Billy's on this podcast recently. <laughs> okay, so he has the gall. He has the gall to come in after she has just been attemptedly raped, fended off her attackers heroically. Like, a really kick-ass, like, moment for her. They're down at the station. Yeah, he gives her the, I could I could bring you in for this or whatever. And then she's giving him uh, lines that are like, no, like, why, why are you still pursuing this? Like, there's, clearly she's not going to sleep with you. Apparently, Billy has read the script and knows that in the third act, they're supposed to sleep together. So, uh, or in the they second act. They sleep together in the see first their, act. Yeah. yeah it's, well, then he cut and pasted a couple of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scenes. No Google Docs for Billy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like I think it was like a studio mandate. Hey, this is this is almost progressive here. We need to throw in a horrible character just to ruin it all, and also to make some uh, occasional misogynistic comments. Like we can't just have a strong uh, female uh, woman protagonist. We have to be like, you're just a girl, and he gets those in pretty early, and they they. To the movie's credit, they disappear really quickly, uh, but but he kind of starts it off, and there really is not, like, even a ounce of, like, angry flirtatiousness that, like, eventually goes to, you know what, you're okay, I was giving you the business, but now it's fine. It's just like, 
You're, you hate cops. Get the fuck out of my car. Okay, calm down. Let me show you the domination. You have sufficiently nagged me, good sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I shall not reward you. <laughs> and also, I gotta say, V8, why did you let that happen? <laughs> Your big name in the vegetable gross juice market. Why did we you sh- let this happen on screen to your product? If you uh, haven't seen the movie yet, what happens is when she brings Billy in to have uh, probably terrible sex, um, <laughs> what her method of of helping to get him in the mood is to pour a can of V8 on herself. Like, like it, this is eight and a half weeks and she's spraying whipped cream on herself. You know why it's the, also th- gross? V8 looks like blood. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it seemed it, kind of empiric or like that's what they're trying for maybe i don't know who's like who's like yeah i love when you taste like uh tomato juice <laughs> like that's that's not that's not a, it, I, actually i should i shouldn't say that affirmatively dustin is there a v8 <laughs> oh <laughs> fuck v8 yes yes <laughs> is it all related uh, I, to this I, movie I, I, there are things of uh, pe- of men and women turning into vegetables and being eaten as a fetish. Huh. I have seen this. Wow. All these uh, yeah. memories will be lost. <laughs> <laughs> like V8 in the rain. Uh. Speaking of fetishes, apparently the V8 thing was the director's idea. Really? So I think... Yeah, it so. was not V8's idea? <laughs> I did kind of assume it was the worst product placement of all time. They're like, yeah, we'll pay you. Just get our product in the movie. Maybe it's a really good scene. Like, yeah. And then no oh. one checked up on it. And then they probably saw the movie and are like, are you, are, are you using it for the fucking scene? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's too late for the ninja to kill somebody with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've already shot all those scenes with a different actress. Uh, there's a deleted scene of Billy fucking a V8 can that the V8 <laughs> <man> cut out. <laughs> and they're like, we'll settle for this. It's better. Yeah. And she also says, she says the line, I don't use soft drinks, which makes yeah. me think like V8, V8 at I one point. That. I just noticed that pun. <laughs> God. Like, what? This is pre-Viagra. You get your six <laughs> servings of vegetables. You go all night. Yeah, you're ready to go. Adam has something for people that just don't like greens. And he probably needed something because he hated her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said, he said, I am sick well, and tired of hearing about how you lo- you don't like cops. To hell with you, lady. We all hate you. He he can still hate her and want to have sex. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, it's Adam's true. got something well, he wants to say. I, I was just thinking when it gets more serious, they switch to Slim Fast as <laughs> to, you know, rekindle the relationship. <laughs> uh, and he has that he has that like uh, '80s chair uh, hair chest sweater, and he's like not cut enough and not uh, like hunky enough for anything here. Like it's this isn't one of those things where like. Let's talk about the sexiness of this movie, the, the, the uh, promised sexiness of, of this movie, because you're okay. this guy is supposed to turn be, down your lights. We're yeah. <laughs> Open a can of V8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What we love to watch after dark. <laughs> He's supposed to be sexy enough that he can overcome their like arguments. And she's just like, I just can't resist you. He is not hunky enough. 
Uh, my favorite part about their relationship was also a reminder of how the 80s worked, which was when they went to uh, when they had to cancel a date, uh, he drove to her place of business to cancel it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Why would you drive to someone's place of, oh, yeah, there's no such thing as cell phones. <laughs> oh. Like, what else yeah, would you do phones. if they're not near a phone? Yeah, but, but she, she was at work. I imagine she he could just call the business, but whatever. But where for she is, there's a broken phone is the thing, Dustin. Yeah. So oh, okay. she's repairing the phone. Catch-22. <laughs> But in the liquid time that is canon movies, uh, it only takes him uh, half a second to get to her house. So it really doesn't matter. It's actually quicker for him to drive there. I actually want to back up because I want to talk about uh, something that this movie doesn't understand, which is what a ninja is. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) They have no idea. I think that this movie thinks that saw Highlander and was like, that's like a ninja, right? (laughs) Because, first of all, ninjas are spiritual beings that uh, possess people, and only a ninja can uh, permanently kill a ninja, which is why when uh, the ninja at the beginning gets shot roughly 800 times, uh, and that finally knocks him out temporarily, he he's not really dead. He has to possess, possess someone, because the spirit of the ninja lives on in everyone, and I have not seen the first two. This is Ninja 3. I have not seen uh, Enter the Ninja or Return of the Ninja. I am curious if those movies also uh, have no fucking idea what a ninja is. <laughs> uh, yeah, ninjas work best at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. That's, that's when they operate uh, at their tightest. <laughs> when I heard that line about only a ninja can kill a ninja, it's like, are they each other's silver bullets? <laughs> <laughs> yes. How do you kill the original ninja, though? Um, you just have you, to keep one you, ninja on hand at all times. That you have to conv- you have to dishonor them so they commit. Um, I don't know. No ninjas aren't going to do that. Only samurai is going to. Oh right. Okay. Invincible the, then. No. Yeah, the the I, student will kill the master presumably. Eventually. Oh okay. But can the it, students graduate without a master? Okay, Aaron, you talk. <laughs> um, ah. Here's the other thing. It took me an hour to figure out who the whether the ninja was a good guy or a bad guy that was possessing her. <laughs> I think the fact he's just straight up murdering dozens of cops in in the beginning after killing a relatively defenseless man on a golf course. Maybe that, that he to me was seems an like evil a villain man, thing. Dustin. You know, maybe he was the Donald Trump of the Ninja Three, the <laughs> domination universe. And he was trying to I mean, hey, just because the ninja's killing cops, there's bad cops. I've seen the Lethal Weapon movies. <laughs> well, there aren't bad cops anymore because he killed all of them. Yeah. yeah. He killed an army of cops. They also had a number for it. They called it uh there's a four five one, which I guess is ninja killing people on a golf course. <laughs> standard standard code. So fifteen percent of this movie is a ninja killing people on a golf course and throwing tons of bodies, uh, cars into the same pond. That's going to be a cleanup. I got to tell you, there are just bodies upon bodies in that pond. Uh, but I was so confused as who I was rooting for in those first 15 minutes. And it turns out it's the it's uh, what's his name? Sh- Yamada. Yamada. Good the, ninja. But the he one with the eye patch. Who shows up halfway through the movie. Was I the only one confused that, like, he might be a bad guy? He certainly looked like a bad guy yeah. with that eye patch. Uh, but the other one had done something so evil that I just couldn't imagine as the good guy. Isn't it weird how cops are 
the disposable mooks in this movie, because that's usually not how this kind of thing... That Usually that would be like guys in the Yakuza who get killed that much in a movie like this. This seems like almost a rebuttal to Death Wish 3 or something. Also, they don't have a funeral for most of them. They just have a funeral for a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, I think in a, I think in one of the... Yeah, th- there's just there's just one. He's like, isn't uh, Billy kind of mad that he has to go to the funeral? Like, he's kind of annoyed. <laughs> he's like... Why didn't like the chat? Like, he's got to go to the DMV. Well, yep. he it would be like funeral number two hundred for him. Yeah, so I can understand him getting a little fed up with. Him. I didn't even know that guy, <laughs> <laughs> but I still gotta go. He's in my precinct. That guy owed me ten bucks. That guy <laughs> never getting that money back. So as long as we're talking about the funeral, the the bad guy ninja. I don't I don't remember his name. The one that possesses Christy. The bad guy ninja. I believe is named. Show no, th- that's the actor's name. I, I think he's just Black Ninja. I don't think, as far as I know, they ever give him a name, at least not in English. All right, if he has a name, it's from one of the other movies. But okay, so uh, the one that's pres- the one that's possessing Christy uh, chooses after after she sees a couple more cops and's like, I must kill them. They are on my uh, list. I don't know what he's working off of. Facial recognition, whatever. He he decides to attack the cop funeral in broad daylight. <laughs> With a bow and arrow. With a bow and arrow. The most silent killer. <laughs> Which, again, does work. It's a great stealth weapon. Not great broad daylight. Not great when you shoot one person in the middle of a crowd of about another hundred people. Well, the way this movie works, she could have just grabbed an AK and just walked into the middle of the funeral and it wouldn't have mattered. But then she couldn't have used those trees to climb up and jump off far away from anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, where is she climbing? Oh, okay. And she's using those claws for a bit. So she's like, really, she really wants to build that treehouse or whatever the fuck she's doing up there. She reached the checkpoint. (laughs) (laughs) Now she's in the other level. (laughs) The tree Uh, level where she fights monkeys that throw coconuts at her. (laughs) If I die here, I get to come back. Yeah, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Another weird thing about this whole cop revenge sub... I guess it's kind of the A plot since it's what... Most of the movie is devoted to. But, okay, so the ninja, the, the bad guy ninja, he can take dozens of bullets, literally. Um, he makes crafts with and, 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 Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. He can just go possess the next nearest person, no matter who, what they're like or, and things like that. And then later, after getting his revenge, he reanimates. So he had no reason to go kill these, to go get revenge against these cops because it didn't matter that they shot him because he's not dead anyway. Well, he seemed a little stiff when he re-entered his dead body, so maybe it's annoying. <laughs> Did so, he have V8? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the bad guy's main motivation throughout the whole movie is just an annoyance. It's just over an annoyance for him. Just took a break. Took a little break. Took a little rest. <laughs> Try someone else out for a while. But it also implies that his true form was like this isn't like some eternal ninja that passes through people. That his true form was the one that he got killed in at the beginning on the golf course, and then he just jumps into someone else for a little bit and then ah. recorporealizes. He he quantum leaps. Yeah. <laughs> 
Then he leap, but but he leaps back into his own body at the end. Well, yeah, he wants his old body. It just needs time to dead rest, I guess. Or... <laughs> it has the reparative powers of sand around it, so it'll, it'll be ready in like you know three to four days. Why does he do like a, a he does like a sand shrew move or something, a corkscrew move to bury himself in the sand at one point? It's pretty interesting. It, it's right at the end. It's neat because I thought it was his death when I saw. It. I thought, okay, when ninjas die, they, that's what happens, and. It's self burying, and you thought he Obi Obi Kwan <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> well, kind of, but with a bit more drilling. But it would be like if Alec Guinness actually drilled down into the floor of the Death Star. Gotta get that special that, edition, man. <laughs> and, and that's what ultimately blows up the Death Star. In actuality, was just Alec Guinness's body slowly working its way <laughs> to the core of the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> So Peter, have you seen have you seen the first two? Nope, never, we haven't either. Never, I have not. So this movie was the is the only of the I've seen American Ninja movies with uh, not Michael Dukakis. What's his name? Uh, Dudikoff. Yeah, Michael, Michael Dukakis Dudikoff. uses a tank. He doesn't need to be a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen American Ninja, which I, I assume is like a spinoff, but I've not seen the the other two Ninja movies or four or whatever the fuck, however the fuck the numbering in the series works. No, that's the that's the movie where the ninja fucks the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin and I uh, rewatched Electric the Electric Boogaloo documentary, so we know a, a little bit about Enter the Ninja and uh, Return of the Ninja from that, but we haven't seen them proper now. But you it feel seems... like you've seen them, and that's what's important. <laughs> this does not, yeah, this does not feel like a sequel to anything. And I, I mean, it could just be using I, I the think... term ninja and maybe the sword as connection, but. Do you guys want to get into the exorcism scene? Because... Yes! Yeah. So oh, God, is... that scene's great. That's what got us to watch this movie. Yeah, because it's... it's <laughs> the first time. It's a weird thing, because this movie starts off as a sort of, like, supernatural ninja movie, but, like, you wouldn't really ask questions if they ex didn't explain why the ninja could take bullets. You'd just be like, oh, he's a super powerful ninja just because like he's really days. tough yeah these 80s <laughs> movies don't necessarily have like a, a, a logic to this stuff it's chuck norris logic yeah 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 yeah. where he gets shot in the arm and he's just it just makes him matter they go to this this exorcism with is it is james hong the person that's right? james hong yes. yep that's james hong of Everything blade thing. runner and <laughs> big trouble in little china and kung fu panda yeah and he's yeah he's he's in the movie for a second and i had to like sit back and just like kind of sublimate the parts of my brain who are like james hong is chinese like why is he fighting a japanese demon it's <laughs> 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 like i mean and i was imagining a scene where J they brought him into james hong office and they they're like She's been possessed by a demon, an Asian demon, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll take." He's like, "I'll take care of this. Like, don't worry." They put him on the wall, and the Asian, and the demon starts speaking Japanese to him, and he's like, "I'm, I'm Chinese. I don't speak, I just, I don't speak this." <laughs> yeah, but you could have a but you could have a Canadian priest exercise somebody in America. I don't think that you should be like xenophobic about what demons you're exercising. <laughs> I just mean the demon speaks a language to him that I'm not sure he understands. Do you mm. think that was a real language? Mm. That's, right. giving, that that's giving canon way more. Probably. Credit. I mean, there are. I mean, they are making the effort to cast a lot of a relatively large number of Asians in this movie for 
the time period, so maybe they made that effort. Yeah, I mean, I know James Hong just needed work at the time, but I just thought that was funny because he's usually playing a Chinese person in these movies, but this is specifically about Japanese people, and the movie does not give a shit about that. Quick question about the uh, exorcism. Was that the domination? (laughs) I guess. I I imagine the domination was when... Was the beginning when the ninja is cutting down four cops in one swing? (laughs) That seems pretty dominating. This is just her swinging and rotating while in a chain. I took her domination to be the soul transfer by sword initially was kind of my mental ah, dominated, even though she doesn't really display any signs of it until later scenes we gotta talk about that let's let's keep going on the exorcism i'm gonna ask after every scene if this was the domination going forward (laughs) just so we can help narrow it down it seemed to be like it was rare interesting thing about james hong in this was he seemed like the only comic relief character in a movie like this that was actually funny yeah i like that bit where he's like the demon starts order, ordering him around, and he's like, okay, <laughs> which I don't think is what you'd want to do. Oh, never mind. The demon, the demon fight is fighting back? Not for me. <laughs> I like these yeah. exorcisms that go peacefully, like letting someone know the store is closing in five minutes, finish your shopping, get out. Uh, the, You're the boss, demon. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me to unchain you. <laughs> I was saying that I think that this movie, if you had to rename it, because Ninja 3, the domination, doesn't really communicate anything except for there's ninjas in it, and apparently you should have seen the previous ones, and half of that information is correct. It is incorrect. Um, and I, I was thinking that they could have, the title Neon Demon would more easily apply to this movie than the movie Neon, Neon Demon. Demon. <laughs> <laughs> or Neon Maniacs. There was no neon in Neon Maniacs. Yeah, multiple. <laughs> There's a lot of maniacs in this movie, and she's a maniac on the floor because it's also a flash dance thing. <laughs> yeah, and she's dancing, dancing like she never has before. Yes, before, there we go. Brought it all around because uh, this movie is also a flash dance uh, uh, tableau. Actually, before we it? before before we get there, uh, Billy. Biggest piece of shit in the world uh, in general, even more so in the exorcism scene. And then after, when she's like, what happened there? So people were floating in the air. Like, he, she, she with her mind, spoke in a different uh, tongue, and then pushed uh, James Hung up about 20 feet in the air. Billy's recap? I don't know. I think he hypnotized you or something. <laughs> hey, Billy? <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> a police officer trained to take. He didn't do he anything, just, too. And it's like, not like he was, like, held back. He was like, she's spinning. He's literally a foot away from her. And is like, I I don't know. He's got, like, the big <laughs> eyes. And then at the end, he, like, gaslit her into thinking, everything was fine. Let's not go there again. This, the spinning is probably the single funniest shot from the movie. It, or maybe... Or is it something in the scene on the golf course? This movie also could have been called Jim Cotta. Yeah, I, I wrote yeah, exactly. It could have been called Jim Cotta, and it would communicate more information about uh, this movie than it would Jim Cotta. Um, I had as my note for when he's drilling, uh, drill baby drill. <laughs> I don't know why this movie thinks ninjas are corkscrews. 
did everyone else think that he was still going to be alive? Or did other people think that she was considered enough of a ninja to kill him there, with, particularly with the sword? Are we talking about we expect- the end when... The- uh, I guess I'm skipping to the end when, well, when it. Christy is unpossessed and the black ninja is back in his... No, when I said the spinning, I meant that the exit. Oh, I'm sorry. That Okay, I... My apologies. I got confused. But too much spinning. <laughs> <laughs> she got dizzy. Like a like a record, baby. <laughs> right round, baby. Right round. I think we should just make a podcast where we just talk uh, musical lyrics based on ninja rap last week. <laughs> uh, Isn't that what this is? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah, let's let's talk about the the scene where she finds out that this sword uh, that she she was gifted by a dying man might have some magical powers. Where she um, performs some sort of psychic transfer with uh, her arcade cabinet, <laughs> which is what an amazing the- scene because they never communicate at any point what the arcade cabinet has to do with fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. And they- and they've already done that scene. There's already basically a scene that makes the point the sword is magic and it can fly out of the closet. Yeah, this movie didn't need, like, another stand-in for the demon being a poltergeist in the room. Like, it didn't need another stand-in. It already had a visible sword. It's also so weird because he's supposed to be this supernatural ninja, which I guess in this movie is all ninjas. But <laughs> why does he occasionally just flip out and throw fridges around? It makes no fucking sense for anything else that's going on in the movie. Like, he just likes to occasionally taunt her. Yeah. I, my interpretation was that she was starting to resist him and that uh, ninja was kind of just acting on her world to try to intimidate her. But I might have... It's like it's like an inner space when uh, inner space is a, is skeptical that there's a little person inside of him, so he tries to watch television, and the little person has to blow up his TV. <laughs> <laughs> I understand completely. I, I hope the creators uh, of this movie are listening to this podcast and they hear Adam's explanation. <laughs> And say, yeah, no, that's what we were going for the whole time. Thank you for thinking about this. That's what we're going for. Adam got it. Finally, we're going to start singing at conventions. No one has questions why we've never brought it up before today. God. Uh, And it's funny because I looked this. I was trying to get a a gif of the um, laser lights going on her face and her staring into the cabinet, but I couldn't find one. I'm like, how is this not like a meme about uh, classic gaming? So do people – do you think uh, this is – I'm not trying to jump ahead to uh, larger points, but it doesn't feel like people know that much about this movie. I feel like Life Force the, the, has its own reputation. I never heard of this until the canon doc. Uh, there's a few people in our film group that I remember bringing it up a year ago. But this really feels like a movie not even – even like people that love these kind of like crazy, misunderstood, uh, canon-type Movies that don't make a lot of sense, but are a lot of fun to watch. This doesn't feel like it gets that much press. It seems like the only part people know is the first 10 minutes with on the golf course, because that's like this movie's a garbage day scene. Yeah, it is. It's like it's like the, people see that one scene of it and they just assume the whole the rest of the movie is like it. 
Or they're disappointed that the rest of the movie isn't yeah. like it. Yeah, it's like a meme nugget of it. So you're in your interpretation. There's a when a woman shows up, they're like, "Not for me anymore." <laughs> that seemed to be what the documentary claimed. Although I'm not. I don't know. I mean, it. Well, yeah, the boo. They claim that this. The problem was that audiences were too sexist to believe Lucinda Dickey as a ninja protagonist. But the movie is sexist enough that that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. And box office-wise, it didn't do too poorly. He got like seven and a half domestic and 50 million global, which was pretty okay for then. And I imagine for its budget was fine. Yeah, and they made a fourth one, Ninja 4, The Abomination. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so my one of my biggest problems with the movie, I think, is that if they're, if they're kind of claiming – and I kind of remember that from the doc – but if they're claiming that people in the 80s weren't ready to see a female ninja, well, great movie, because you weren't either, because you took that away from her at the end, and that was super shitty. Like, she spends the end of the movie watching two guys fight with Billy until one of them defeats the other one, and that, I don't know, that that sucks. That does suck. She does sucker stab the villain. Yeah, but... But yeah, it doesn't seem like... That matters too much. Like, she becomes a damsel in distress who does the, yeah, the, when when she has a weak point, uh, lets, lets her do something positive to advance the plot. But that was really unexpected. And all of a sudden, it's like the eyepatch ninja guy you don't know that much of. I thought he was the bad guy, or at least a bad guy candidate for quite a lot of this movie. And now you have the guy that's been dead the whole time. And they have their battle, and it's just, I don't know, it's kind of like if you saw, like, Godzilla versus King Kong, and all of a sudden, like, some other dude came out to fight King Kong, and Godzilla's like, I'm not that strong anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm sit down, and then when he gets close, breathe a little bit of smoke that's left from my fire breath, gets in his eyes... King Kong wins, or something. Yeah, like, you know, Godzuki's cooler anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Just let the little guy go to have, a, have a bat at Mothra or whatever. <laughs> have what you, you ever seen a Godzilla movie? <laughs> <laughs> you were just throwing out references desperately. Uh, this is, this might be dangerously close to fan fiction, but while we were watching it, Adam and I thought it would be better in terms of both uh, story structure and characterization, if somehow both her aerobics dancing and her job as a lineman paid off, like so, like she had to put on her boots for when she works the power lines and she's got the spikes on and somehow the spikes <laughs> come into play in the battle, yeah, or she has to use or she has to use aerobics moves to defeat his karate or whatever he what. Or whatever kind of fighting style he's got. She does try and, and dance away the demon, which is like... Uh, and the fact that that doesn't work and lasts, like, I don't know, five seconds, is uh, the movie basically acknowledging that it's not going to tie up loose ends from earlier. <laughs> they're like, they're like uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's that, that's not going to happen. There's just going to be a ninja fight at the end, and she's going to mostly sit out. <laughs> yeah, but, like, 
imagine evil ninjas coming at her, and then the stupid disco music comes in on the ba- on the soundtrack, and she just like starts doing the flash dance loose feet thing, and she starts dodging him. Well, they could they could have done the thing where she, by having an, a ninja inside her for a while, like picked up moves naturally. Like that's a very common trope of I don't know evil possessed ninja movies. It feels like it's happened in some scene. <laughs> Um, now, now that I think about it, but they they could have done they definitely could have done something more interesting than just having her her sit out. Even even just having two jobs just seems like well, why is she why is she working on phone lines? I don't know, so she can be out and about meet the ninja. Okay, but how is she going to meet her love interest? No guy would like a girl wearing a jumpsuit. Uh, she's also an aerobics structure. Uh, uh, she's sexy then. <laughs> I, I can see Golan saying every one of those words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I just wanted we we just wanted to say if you're going to set up all this cool stuff, uh, let her be cool at the end. Yeah, that part yeah. I agree with. The, the rest, though, I think fits perfectly with Canon throwing things that don't go anywhere because they they fit with one very specific plot advancement they're trying to do like she's out and about and that's how so she's a she's a phone line operator like that's very canony but the taking it away all at the end so that a that a guy can do it sucks yeah yeah um i I would have that would have been a nice nugget at the end of this movie is that like she actually fights it off and she's like clearly capable they show all the cool shit she can do over and over again i was gonna say Lucinda Dickey was pretty hot as a star at the time. I mean, they'd just done Cannon's most successful movie, Breakin'. So uh, you'd want to really sell how cool this character she's playing is. Yeah, and she's so cool. Let's let's talk about some of her uh, cold-blooded murder scenes. Um, yeah, so- they do make them smaller than the opening, which makes you like more forgiving of her possession, I guess. Again, I never knew where the movie was at from a who was the good guy, who was the bad guy, which apparently is a me thing, not a common experience based on this podcast. But when she went and killed like the cop who kind of seemed like an like he seems like a guy who is like uh, pulling over people and making them show their breasts to get out of tickets like he's sitting there in the tank top. Yeah, slobbering all over himself, playing pool. I don't think he's ever creepy towards any women. I think he's just a slob. Yeah, that's the same. No, I think I you're thinking of Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy had the day off. The entire police force was out that day. Billy had the day off. <laughs> yeah, so I was at first confused because he... You don't get a really good look at him. I guess you do for a second. But at first when you don't see his face when he's playing pool. And so when she went to his house to kill him, I'm like... Is her mission that she kills deadbeat dads that don't pay their child support? <laughs> Father's Day, the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> She's like got to make some sort of like just kill so you can forgive her at the end. Like that? No, not really. Just, just he's just like kind of a skeevy looking cop. Well, the hot tub cop's pretty skeevy. Yeah, probably the two uh, women did need to be murdered. Probably not. Their, their crime: having sex with a man. I think their crime was uh, offering unnecessary commentary. <laughs> they, their talking was a little. 
I You're, not that they deserve to die for it. But <laughs> let me clarify. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of talking, maybe that's a big reason why this movie isn't more popular. Is that it's not very quotable, other than the "only a ninja can kill a ninja" line. It's all pretty kind of flat and forgettable. Yeah, it's all very serviceable, um, and it's not like it's not like parodic levels of of goofy very often. It, it's the actual events on screen that are goofy, not so much like dumb one liners. I think there's a lot of quotable ADR ninja noises. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is constant. It is you. Do, they're silent killers. You don't well, need every moment to be. Oh, it's it's it's. <laughs> terrible and it's just so so omnipresent i think you meant sexy yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I dump some v8 on my chest <laughs> and that's the thing that really gets her geared up to win at the end she just slams a <laughs> can of v8 <laughs> crushes <laughs> the can on, crushes the can on her forehead <laughs> and stomps off with it too i'm with hard her angry with her game face. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think this this movie is a little hard to talk about from a like broader theme because it is a very interconnected, things don't necessarily make sense. I'd like to go around and just kind of talk about some, some favorite moments that we've uh, not talked about in some of these bigger moments because there are a ton. I want to start. So the way this movie starts, uh, my first question was, can a font be racist? <laughs> yes, our words do. The thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Is it? I mean... I mean, like, if it were being used on the front of a Chinese restaurant and it were made by Chinese people, it wouldn't be racist. But any other context, hmm. yes. Made by yeah. two Israeli producers, yes. Oh, if they're Israeli, then they're, then it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> if they were Syrian or Greek... <laughs> if they were Palestine... Edgy, <laughs> uh, and it's it, 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 it's yeah. It's also sort of like um, Asian, like ge- generic Asian, like Orientalism in its font. So it's like kind of like the sort of shit you see on the front of like a Chinese restaurant, but it's about a Japanese ninja demon thing. So it's like it's definitely like appro- appropriative in a way that's kind of goofy, but it's like not the movie's biggest crime. No, but it's weird that it's it's it felt racist here. Did not feel racist in Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know why that is. Because the Asian people have more Asian agency and personality in Big Trouble in Little China. Other than this one's the good guy, this one's the bad guy. Yeah, no, that's a, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. So what? yes, the font is racist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Because you- James Hong didn't have any agency. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Since he gave, he gave up so quick on his exorcism, <laughs> it was depressing to an entire culture of chi- <laughs> of, of uh, Chinese exorcists. Did not feel well portrayed in this movie. <laughs> all right, what do you guys have for like moments or scenes that stand out? Oh, we we got the ball for me. I have a really subtle one. Uh, is when she finally goes to see. Psychiatric help for oh, this yes. problem, and the doctor says you seem to be fine. No problems with the MRIs or your heart. You're healthy in that. Aside, and this is the quote: 
aside from your exceptional extrasensory perception and your preoccupation with Japanese culture, <laughs> no harm in that. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's been casually diagnosed as being high in ESP. <laughs> we did a mini chlorian count. <laughs> Besides yeah. your ability to move objects with your mind. <laughs> yeah, you're a pretty classic case. I was pretty I thought it was pretty interesting how they would just throw in details to make her like again and again be like more of a target yeah your preoccupation with Japanese culture it's like why does it matter she just she just gets abducted by a ninja it's not like Reagan in um in the exorcist is like yeah, and she just keeps reading up about a, a North African demons all the time. I don't know. What <laughs> She's really into the TV show Mask. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. You don't need it. You just need like she has. She has the conversation with the ninja. She takes the sword. Boom. Possessed. Mobile armored stealth commandos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100% sure those last two letters were accurate. Is that a joke only for me? Did no one know Watch Mask in the 80s? Yes. Oh, okay. I got it now. But only really through Robot Chicken, I'm afraid. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If you have a chance to get those action figures on eBay, do it. <laughs> so yeah, my other my I had another moment. Uh was gonna say is there's there's a scene where she's being haunted. Yeah, and you're talking about the fridge being flipped and shit. Yeah. And it kinda reminded me of Hausu or Evil Dead, where it's using these extreme camera angles in the apartment and these like giggling ghosts that are sort of like mocking her. Um and I like really appreciated that because it felt like that was uh one of the few I don't want to say like authentically Japanese things, but like at least they were nodding at Japanese horror there for a minute, which uh, I kind of liked. Yeah, I I do like that she tried to dance the pain away like Andy Samberg hot rod angry dance. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And, and yeah, that's a traditional Japanese culture thing. You put on your neon tights, uh, slacks. And you, uh, your spandexes, and you uh, just try and dance any demons out. It just, it's just yeah. There was no music though, so yeah, the music was in her heart. You, you brutal realist. <laughs> I was just um, trying to say that that's why she just did like high kicks. Yeah, knee yeah. high kicks. It was very avant-garde music playing in her heart. Um. Yeah. Aaron, do you have any moments? Well, yeah, I started it. So that moment, if you rewind maybe 10 minutes, (laughs) (laughs) that was was my moment. Um, I will say, I think if they weren't going to let her participate at the end of this movie, really, I think what should have happened is because she's not invested in any of this. She's just possessed. And Billy doesn't even know that what's going on ever. Because he's terrible. I would have liked it if, in lieu of her actually being a badass at the end and killing, I guess, the good ninja. So maybe that would be a twist. That after the the ninja spirit leaves her, if she just looked at Billy and they're like, well, all right, well, let's go home then. Yeah. And they just left the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, guess, yeah. Like, this, has, this has nothing to do with us. <laughs> well, except... 
Except that the evil ninja killed a lot of your cop friends. Yeah, Billy does not give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> no. Presumably I'll just advance in rank, maybe, in the... No, force. not <laughs> Billy. <laughs> yeah, Billy forgets he's a cop at least once a day. <laughs> usually on duty. And he tries to... And he usually tries to make a prostitute... Make sure a prostitute never forgets that he's a cop. <laughs> What are, you, um, what are you implying? <laughs> that why I am implying that he uses his uh, position amorally to acquire free sexual favors. He probably just well. He, why does he even need to do that? He just can yell at strangers at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but he's not at the gym. He's on duty. After it's over, there is no uh, denouncement. The credits just roll. They're still in that weird wheat field. The hilly wheat field, and that's it. Everyone go home. Yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing. I think they want like a sort of like peaceful romant like romanticism to the end, and it just doesn't. It's just not there. The pieces aren't there. <laughs> that's because Billy. Yeah, Billy is a bore at the beginning, and then like an unnecessary person by the end. <laughs> like their relationship <laughs> goes goes. Their relationship goes absolutely nowhere. If anything, they're like a one night stand that tried to make a relationship work, and he's yeah, like exactly. there during yeah during her toughest time. Billy is uh, basically if you want to see Billy in more movies, you can see Billy in Bad Lieutenant. I don't because he's just like <laughs> this like fucking creep that happens to win just because like he's like I don't know borderline handsome. I I, I don't know why else, but uh, Billy in this movie just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense at all. Well, no, we need a male love interest for the female lead. That's that's all the justification they need to stink this up with a Billy. Can't her love interest be the art of ninjaing? <laughs> <laughs> like who? But like, it, yeah, but the art of, the art of ninjaing doesn't have a penis. <laughs> Got a sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right it's a lot it's a one-night stand that turns into something real which is like uh, no it doesn't we, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On, the movie keeps insisting it's the, real it, uh, something that that's protracted yeah. also drawn also, out also surprising for a canon movie no nudity that's true yeah uh well we see her topless from behind and her implied nudity is not Nudie. That was Adam's uh, senior year quote in the yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <there's> a... <laughs> yeah, like, everyone's I, like, for... is this in reference to something? <laughs> or is this just something you want to share? Like, it's wisdom. <laughs> nope. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> I think I think that the domination should be, you know, everyone likes to add Electric Boogaloo to the end of sequel titles. I think the domination should be added way more often. <laughs> Better than the quickening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the I love throwing a subtitle on that makes people think like, yeah, I want to find out what a quickening is. <laughs> I got to know. Resident Evil, the domination. I think that could work. Yeah, I think that could well, work, too. As well as Resident Evil thing will work. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I can't name a single, except for Apocalypse, I can't name a single Resident Evil subtitle. I'm pretty sure I've seen all the movies. So uh, at least I would remember the domination or the quickening. Um, so, yeah, we can, we, can, we can go through some final thoughts. I think this movie 
you know, we're... I think this movie is tough to talk about because it is just goofy fun. And there's nothing... It has some some eyebrow-raising stuff that's, like, pretty parse and parcel. What is that phrase? Part and parcel. Part and parcel for uh, for 1980s uh, action movies or canon movies. But it, you know, it it it's nice that they had a female protagonist. It's nice that uh, they tried to do something different. Um, I wish they would have left out uh, certain random like, "Oh, you're Miss Independent, are you?" And that they let her do something at the end. But overall, it's just it's a goofy bunch of uh, scenes that don't connect well. <laughs> But it's absolutely worth your time. Like, when Dustin says, I'm sure I'll talk about it more, that this is one of the most enjoyable movies of 1984. Like, it fits really well with that. This is 90 minutes, and you're never going to be bored. And you're always going to have something interesting to look at on screen. Even if it doesn't make sense from a macro story level that they're trying to to say. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that the... <clears throat> It has a sort of canonicity, which is that it it uh, smashes together these movie concepts that you would not expect because it wanted to approach a like wider audience and have something like where you could cut a trailer that like would appeal to you know ten different groups of people and maybe even get some women to come with like that that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, on that front, it, it really raises it above the level of certain canon movies that are just kind of like rote affairs. This is like something that feels very passionate to me. Uh, it feels very like, while, while the, the, the elements that were thrown in feel very mercenary and very cynical, uh, the way that they're expressed, I think feels very passionate to me. Was it uh, poor V8 juice on yourself passionate? Yes. Like somebody said, so like the V8 thing feels, I doubt it's product placement, but it feels like it's product placement. But they were like, well, yeah, but we're going to make it like into a sex scene. Like it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> Why don't you just have people uh, drink it at the gym? Nah, that's where people grunt at women who are working out. We don't want to mix <laughs> V8 up and all that. <laughs> like, well, you could cut the rape scene and then Colin and Globus just like shut down production for eight weeks. Yeah, like, whoever, whoever suggested that was fired. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mention that again. Yeah, Adam, Adam, do you have any final thoughts on the movie before we? Uh, you guys did touch on a lot of them. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a recommendation for it too. It is a enjoyable film. You'll probably get into it right away with that opening, and also you'll probably stay interested trying to figure out what's happening and <laughs> i'm if factoring out billy it's a strong movie yeah it could add more you're right it could add more of a third act payoff because like there there is sort of like a one of the things that drives you through is like what is happening what is happening what is happening <laughs> which i think would have been more who's satisfying. the good guy yeah who's the bad guy I think both both uh, both Adam and Dustin are you guys are right that like this movie needed everything to kind of tie into the to the end third act. I think uh, Aaron, you're right that this needed it needed our, our 
protagonist to actually become a hero in the end rather than just have the movie hijacked from her um and that yeah and peter i think that you're right when you said that dust and adam and me are right (laughs) (laughs) and i think that if it it, it sort of like blended that so like the craziness of watching it where you're like now it's flash dance uh now it's a kung fu movie now it's this if that sort of reelingness would feel more justified if in the third act like the flash dance stuff came back and the the fact that she works at a power company came back like she could have just been an aerobics instructor, and that would have been pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts? We. I, I don't think we let Dustin go. <laughs> I think I've expressed my final thoughts pretty well, <laughs> Perfect. P- pretty thoroughly. Perfect. It, it's it, read between the lines. They're there. <laughs> um, well, Adam and Dustin, thank you so much for joining us again. You are welcome back, as always, anytime. Uh, and we, we definitely have some more interesting months coming up, so we will, uh, we'll, we'll give you the preview in case there's any movies that you guys want to, want to talk about. Thank you so much for letting us do this movie instead of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here, let's just, let's just go into a quick hour on Ninja Turtles. Where do you guys think? (laughs) What do you think about Casey Jones? How many acts do you think are in that movie? (laughs) I think... I think Casey Jones did a great job laying those railroads. Does Casey Jones have railroads here? What's going on? So, Casey Jones, yeah, in, in folklore, Peter, uh, his name is taken from another person. Anyway, we'll send you the Wikipedia article. You'll I love it. I love it, frankly. More, more deep cuts. More deep cuts. Casey at the back. Okay. So, so thanks again. Do you guys have anything to plug? Yes. Uh, I'll let Dustin take over the plugging per standard. Thank you very much for having us. Chilling Tales slash Simply Scary on February 15th, 2017 is launching a Kickstarter program for a very exciting new production. We are going to create an animated um, television pilot for horror stories, anthology horror stories of a type that are not common to television and the animated medium. We're going to be focused on characterization, we're going to be focused on structure and um, compelling scenarios that will linger with you long after you finish watching. Again, that's February 15th, 2017. Stop by YouTube slash user slash Chilling Tales, W-I, all one word, and we'll provide a link to you to the Kickstarter program that will allow you a lot of opportunities to support us and get high-quality rewards, as well as allowing for a great new television program to come into being. Yeah, that is so uh, so awesome. I've heard you talk about that um, on uh, on our on the Dissolve before. Um, you can definitely. I've, I've just gotten started. <laughs> Talking about, oh, talking about it on the dissolve. <laughs> yes. Okay, you can definitely count me among uh, among your kickstart uh, backers. Uh, I was hoping oh, for medium so quality uh, rewards, but I guess I'll will settle for high quality. Um, <laughs> I was raised Catholic. I I don't know if I deserve the highest of quality. Um, <laughs> at best, medium. So, anything else, Adam? Anyone else? Uh, I don't. Not this time, no. I'm No, we've we've plugged the book enough. We've yeah. gotten enough sales off of your podcast. Four. We could make it <laughs> another two diminishing returns. Ooh. 
Imagine. Oh, two more sales. <laughs> That's a six pack of V8. <laughs> um, uh, Adam does write for Cracked. Uh, if you have not checked out his articles, if you have read a, uh, I'll, I'll, pl- I'll plug you for you because I do always, I do always enjoy reading your articles. Um, it's kind of amazing because before we kind of uh, knew the connection, uh, there were a lot of uh, film related articles that going back. Uh, that I've seen linked to that you wrote. So if you've read a good film or video game article on Cracked, there's at least a, I'll go I'll go thirty to forty percent chance you read one of Adam's articles. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, I really do enjoy your articles. I do too. Yeah, I it was insane. It's, it's awesome to have you guys on because I've really enjoyed your work that I've heard and read thus far. So I'm um, very excited. And uh, it's nice, too, because Dustin doesn't cut off the conversations just as we're really getting a roll on like he does over instant messenger. (laughs) (laughs) He's forced to continue with the conversation. Um, uh, So anyway, so yeah, so thank you so much for joining us, everyone, for motherfucking Ninja Month. Uh, Next month, we are doing uh, Future Sports February. Next week, we are doing Death Race 2000 with Connor Malcolm Crockford. Uh, he was on the Motel Hell episode with us. Uh, we're so happy to have him back talk about uh, one of my favorite movies that I've seen in the last five years. I know it's an older one, but like Life Force, it kind of became an instant favorite for me. So I'm really excited to revisit it on the podcast. And then the next week, we're doing a movie that Peter assures me exists that I've never heard of before called Blood of Heroes. Never seen it either, either. but it's got Ruger Hauer in it, and it is a future sports movie. We didn't want to do future sports with Dean Kane. <laughs> Skipped right over that one. We'll have Real to movie. Ne- we'll have to save that for next February. Um, oh, yeah, and then our next two movies are uh, Rollerball, the original movie, uh, which I have also never seen, but is Me a either. cult classic. Uh, and the last one is The Running Man, which I'm sure uh, all of us have seen, right? Uh, and The Running Man is going to feature Peter Schubert, a uh, friend of the, of the show and a fellow Dissolver. And, uh, yeah, it's going uh, to be a really fun month. I'm looking forward to February. And that's going to be our first international episode. He is waking up at, like, 4 in the morning. He lives in Germany. To, to join us for the podcast. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Huh. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, good night. <laughs> Ninja 3. Ninja 3. The domination. Keep dominating. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is, is the ending of the show the domination? <laughs> the domination. Ninja 3, the dominatrix. Ninja 3. <laughs> <laughs> we got to find something that works.
Thanks for listening to We Love to Watch. If you want to get in touch with us, please reach out to us at either our website, wltwpodcast.com, or our Facebook group, facebook.com backslash we love to watch and uh yeah reach out to us give us some feedback give us some support uh, suggest movies for the show all that we are also available on soundcloud tune in stitcher and itunes thanks for listening